Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. Welcome back to The Truth About Local Government. And today we are very excited to have a fantastic guest in David Thompson, Assistant Director of Planning at North East Derbyshire Council. David, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Yeah, hi, Matt. Yeah, great to be here. It's great to have you on here as well. And today we're going to be discussing one of the hottest topics at the moment in terms of um, mainstream media attention, and that is the planning system. Um, You know, there's a huge amount of commentary on the fact that the planning system is kind of being pushed beyond its uh, its capacity. And there are some great people trying to to unpick that. But before we dive into that, David, can you just give the listeners at home a little bit about your background and what you do in your role? Yeah, thanks, Matt. So um, as assistant director, my role is basically to head up the, the planning function at North East Derbyshire. So there are two main elements to that. There's a team that deal with um, the local plan and kind of the long term planning for the district. So they're responsible for making sure that our local plan is up to date and that our policies are in accordance with their national uh, priorities. Um, and then the other and there's probably the sharp focus that, that most people deal with most regularly, which is the team that deal with planning applications um, and enforcing against any potential breaches of, of planning control. So they're the kind of two two elements together. What are the challenges that planning leaders like yourself are experiencing at the moment? I think the main issue is one of resourcing, um, which is is well talked about um, in, in the media. And again, any any people who interact with our services will will be aware of. Um, actually, North East Derbyshire, we do have quite a, a good stable team um, with with experience. But we we do know um, that it's quite common across the sector. There's a real challenge in terms of the number of people actually coming through into uh, the planning profession from university, um, and inevitably those challenges around um, pay um, and, and particularly in the planning system where you have a private sector that runs alongside local authorities. Um, I think there are a number of innovations that are, are happening at the moment um, but but that resourcing remains a particular challenge and then I think because it is so politically sensitive I think that's one of the great things about planning that a lot of people do want to talk about it but but inevitably, um, it, it's quite challenging. Um, sometimes uh, the headlines don't necessarily tell the, the full picture. Um, so sometimes you feel like you're perhaps fighting against that a little bit. It's so true. And I think look, the, the first thing I want to kind of pick there is we're talking about, you know, demand and supply. And there's obviously there's been a sustained level of demand within the planning functions for bringing planners through. And that's one of the reasons I want to do this podcast is to kind of make the people at home aware, people at university, people in school go, have you thought about becoming a planner? It's an amazing role to really help transform the physical place um, that you see around you every day. Why is it so difficult to, you know, do, what, what, what's the biggest, I guess what I'm trying to get to here is why is it so difficult to make people aware of the opportunities that exist within planning? Do you think it's down to 
uh, the marketing of playing or do you think it's just the fact that I don't know what why is it so difficult to get graduates I think the marketing is, is a very key point and I think it's something that the the Royal Town Planning Institute which is obviously our professional body has adapted over time um, I think there's perhaps an inevitable um, sort of protection of a profession that perhaps has led us to be a bit slow off the mark so giving an example it's only in relatively recent times that overseas experience has counted towards becoming a chartered town planner. Um, and if you looked at the trends in terms of the number of people coming into planning over the last 15 years, I haven't got the figures in front of me, but it will have reduced a lot because of the economic downturn. Mm. And one of the first things that, that gets hit in a downturn is um, housing development um, because it's very sensitive. And, you know, you end up in this kind of cycle of, um the being uh, no jobs in planning for a while but then it picks up and there aren't the people coming through so i think you know that kind of pipeline approach has perhaps been hindered by um you know perhaps being a little bit slow to adapt um but i think to be fair that has turned the corner around apprenticeships you know you see a lot more um degree apprenticeships um and it's something that we're exploring quite actively at northeast derbyshire and at a national level, I know the the local government association have, have backed programs to to get planners um, through in development programs that we have for general management, but there haven't been for planning. So I think it's there are signs of innovation, but inevitably that that will take quite a long time to um, to cut through. But yeah. there is probably progress in that area. No, definitely. And I think having removing the barriers to accessing, you know, opportunities, I think particularly apprenticeships where people can come and learn on the job and actually therefore be a valued resource to the team, because that, you know, obviously higher education has a place. But, you know, having hands on experience of how to manage an application, how to deal with members of the community, how to deal with the politicians is, is something that I think you learn most on the job. And, and going back to what you said there, because planning like other property related uh, elements of uh, you know within a council is just so confidence affected um, and we see that in terms of university applications we saw you know for surveyors and planners after the 2008 crash there was a significant decrease in people going into uh, do those degrees or going in down those training paths because there was a perceived risk of job opportunity at the back end of those you know what is a very expensive um, education system You've always struck me, David, as you know, you've, you, you're you very technically competent, but you're also very passionate. Where does that passion for planning come from for you? Well, I think there's nothing that matters a lot more to people uh, beyond family than, than where they live. Um, and the ability of people to shape where they live. And I'm very passionate about any initiatives that involve genuinely involve as many people as possible in the system. I referred earlier to the political environment in which planning uh, operates and it's very true that there are um, you know certainly very powerful pressure groups and there are a lot of people who are engaged in planning a lot of the time you know landowners, parish councils, elected members but there are also a lot of people who probably feel quite disenfranchised from a system that is you know professionally driven um and you know quite niche is probably how a lot of people see it however it has very very real consequences day to day for example you know there's nothing more fundamental to trying to deal with housing shortage 
than how the planning system reacts to you know applications and how 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 easy or hard it is to get land allocated for housing that that's absolutely fundamental so my passion is planning is really at the center of hopefully finding the solutions to a lot of the challenges that we we've had for a number of years and, and we do still have and it's really great to work with you know like-minded people there are a lot of people who are trying to to solve these issues um or trying to at least put arguments forward as to how you might solve them um so i find it to be a really innovative sector and i, I know that um you know some of the press coverage doesn't necessarily uh, align with that but most people in planning are here to um you know so-called make the, make the world a better place but actually find realistic ways of doing that it's practical ways that will actually deliver it's one of those things that i find just it's just more of a statement of society is that everyone admits and knows we need more housing but nobody wants the new housing developments to be in their backyards affecting their green space or affecting what they perceive to be the identity of that 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 area but there has to it has to go somewhere you know how much opportunity is there you've talked about innovation and planning how much opportunity is there within planning to be creative particularly around i appreciate the local plan involves you know creativity to look at it strategically but in the the dm function in terms of when you're having applications coming to you is that just a process that's kind of quite straightforward or do you have to be is there a creative interpretation that you have to you know embrace as the the planning officer well it's an interesting point that you make um and, and linked to that point about people perhaps you know naturally having a hesitation around change and people being you know raising genuine concerns about infrastructure capacity you know that that is a genuine concern for a lot of people but in my experience the most the most successful outcomes in terms of infrastructure mitigation so funding from developers or ideas about you know new community facilities come from actually a positive engagement in the process so where a developer um is expecting a difficult time and a negative outcome they will tend to um you know put a guard up and work along the lines of well we know exactly what the local plan says we're confident we'll get planning permission here and you know if 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 you want to fight us for it then then that's fine where that conversation is more positive around um you know understanding a community's needs and planning officers are trained in negotiations and um you know understanding a whole range of, of different views on a proposal where that's a more open conversation both in terms of what local residents say around yeah you know we accept that there's there's a need for more housing but by the way we also need you know a new community facility in my direct experience of of specific applications that i can recall are that where that is a more positive conversation um you know development comes forward but so does those so do those community facilities there is a there are very limited other ways particularly in the financial climate that we've had over the last 15 years and let's be honest it's going to uh, continue uh there are very other way uh limited other ways of funding that infrastructure yeah um, and that just flows this thing at home just so you can understand what myself and david are talking about when a development happens with a private company they have to do some they have to provide a contribution to that community as part of that development program um 
it's called a levy that, that that is instructed. And just going back to what you said there, David, because it, I've got friends that work for an organisation called DevComs, and it's they kind of sit between the developer and the community and the council to try and de-risk for the developer side the development to make it happen. But the key crux of that is you've got to make a community feel that a development happening with them, not to them. You've got mm-hmm. to engage them. You've got to understand what they're looking to achieve. Because actually sometimes they're both saying the same things, but because they're both expecting each other to act in a certain way, they can have a fixed mindset and they can just start to close their ears to it. And I think that's just so important. How do you, as the director of planning, manage those political relationships, manage those stakeholder groups so that fundamentally, if success is the enrichment of the place by infrastructure developing, housing developing and fundamentally the needs of society being met, how do you manage those relationships? How do you communicate? How do you conduct yourself to achieve that as the leader of that planning function? So I think we've got to be on the front foot about it, really. It's for us to go and engage with, um, well, parish councils um, and clearly elected members, but also actually, um, you know, using technology. uh, And that's something we're about to embark on at North East Derbyshire, actually using technology to, um, you know, reach out to perhaps less engaged members of the community um technology perhaps stereotypically particularly younger people but people who um you know for example do want to get on the housing ladder actually having a say in the process but i think regardless of which group it is and exactly how you engage us going out to people rather than being seen as you know the gatekeeper of the local plan um that's actually ours and you know it's our document as the council having meaningful consultation is the way to um i think engage as many of those positive views as we can um it's also obviously a way of um explaining to people who are perhaps less um willing to be engaged you know why we're doing it and um what the outcome will be because i think one of the huge missed opportunities around planning and how a lot of people engage with it is that the most of the engagement is at the planning application stage Uh because people can most you know it's perfectly reasonable most people can naturally more naturally identify with a proposed development on a field that's at the end of their street than they can when the council says what we're consulting on is the wider strategy for the you know how how we're going to plan in the whole district and one of the real missed opportunities is that the policies are set at the point where we're looking at that strategic vision for the whole district and those policies then clearly have a knock-on effect on how we deal with the planning application so it's trying to get more people involved at that local plan stage is, is absolutely key and i think it's about a variety of um, consultation techniques but certainly us being more on the front foot and probably a bit more willing to be innovative and not necessarily hide behind you know the resource issues are there but there are ways of using technology to um you know do do more undoubtedly i find it really refreshing the way in which you talk about innovation and what you're doing in the future and engaging because i absolutely agree that that is one of the ways to deal with the the increasing pressures but going back to what we talked about in terms of of salaries and i want to kind of give some context to those listening at home as to the challenge the reason why an account that's so difficult to increase 
planners should be paid in my opinion more for what they bring to the organization that's just my opinion that's 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 not i'm not saying that's everyone should believe it. that's just what i believe the difficulty you've got in a council is that um it's done on a grading system so you have to essentially you're comparing a chartered uh planners they got an mrtpi but you're comparing that to an accountant to a lawyer to a surveyor and the problem is is that with councils that are facing ever increasing costs associated with just running the council day to day they haven't got enough money as it is so therefore how do you increase salaries and the government came out and i, I can't i've got the specifics but they they created this fund um that was available to deal with some of the resourcing issues around um uh, planning but the reason why i think it was just flawed was because it didn't actually address the fact that there was going to be no change to the supply of planners so all that was going to happen was you maybe could offer market supplements maybe or planners on an interim basis are going to get paid more money because there's more money coming into it but there's no more planners to do the work so it's 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 not actually addressing the root issue of getting more people in a grassroots plan and getting more people understanding the benefits of the career that's the that's the key part to dealing with the supply issue um but you know that that's 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 one for another episode what do you see the future david for the planning what do you see you know uh, the, the the future role of a planner or any changes that you see coming up within the planning you've mentioned it there do you think that has a that will have a that will change the the way in which planners operate yes i mean i think certainly the the current government and and the potential reforms to the the local plan making process i think everybody uh, in the profession as well as outside accepts that you know if it takes you 10 years to get your local plan in place that is too long um and and that's happened to to a number of authorities so they're, they're looking at really streamlining the um the process to under three years is the current ambition um, and there's no doubt that without significant use of technology to help that streamlining process that that is highly highly ambitious so there's no doubt that yeah greater use of technology in terms of um and again in terms of consultation and making it a more accessible system so at the moment it's quite often the case that to actually find an authority's local plan you really have to be searching for it and, and want to find it in the first place it's not the most accessible document on a council's website whereas actually use of um you know geographic information systems in a way that is is more accessible to to people who just genuinely do want to find out information um, and getting um, you know dashboard type information headlines and, and just making planning a bit more accessible on a council's website I think would be a significant step forward and I think regardless of whether the current proposals actually make it through or or they're changed to a different form you know how people are engaged in the planning system whatever it looks like are always that's going to be a key aspect of, of whatever it looks like in, in the future and I think um you know in terms of recruitment we do need to be looking at uh, degree apprenticeships as the way forward that that started but that is is going to be you know getting people who perhaps don't have the traditional you know geography degree um and saying right well that, that would make a good planner actually there's a there's a wide variety of of degrees that could equally be relevant linked to your point about certainly in development management you learn so much of it on the job actually why not do the planning qualification whilst you whilst you are doing the job um, and and making that an easier route so more universities doing it you know for example in Derbyshire 
um you know i've had discussions with the universities um in south yorkshire some are some are very much aligned to the apprenticeship route but others are not that is a, going to be a clear barrier to if that persists how many people are actually going to be able to do apprenticeships so there are a number of things that we need to be more open to i think in terms of change um both on the resource side but also you know anticipating what any any changes to the, the planning system will look like but there's always going to be change talked about in planning because that's i mean that's one of the reasons i am very passionate about it and i i enjoy it but rather than just constantly talking about change we've, we've got to get things done last question for you david what what advice would you give to somebody either thinking about going into a career in planning or just starting out well i would say absolutely do it i think it's a brilliant career uh i think you know it, it it's tough and challenging in the sense that you know you're never making decisions that are popular by everybody that you're engaging with but it is something that people even if they start out saying they're not that interested in everybody has an interest in uh you know what their what their area looks like um you know what what um provision of housing and facilities there will be for their children you know there, there is a natural interest in planning um and it's about unlocking that in a way that is positive working with developers is again a challenging process but you know there's nothing better i think than and this might sound very sad but seeing the the products of your work it is a job where you do make a change um and you can physically see that i think that, that's a brilliant element of planning um i as somebody who I, i've always worked in local authorities but i would always advocate that as a starting point you know again we know the challenges around resource around pay but actually um you know engaging with people uh there's nothing like it from a from a council perspective uh people expect a lot from their council quite rightly in my opinion and it's not always something you can deliver but there's nothing like trying to uh you know deal with that on the coal face um and you know there, there are a lot of different opportunities biodiversity net gain um priorities around uh conservation you know devolution planning is at the center of all of this stuff um and it will remain so despite always being talked about in a in a in a politically charged way it will always be at the center of things in my opinion so yeah a brilliant career that i would absolutely advocate david thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for your just enthusiasm uh to, to engage in the conversation it's been a really great chat with you yeah no problem thank you very much matt You've been listening to The Truth About Local Government. Today we've been fortunate enough to have David Thompson, the Assistant Director of Planning at North East Derbyshire Council. We have discussed the supply issues, the future of planning, and I just it's been a, it's been a fantastic conversation. I hope you at home have enjoyed it. Tune in later for more episodes. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Local Government podcast. Now, 87% of listeners who enjoyed the podcast do not leave a review, follow the podcast or share it please if you liked it review it share it and let's keep spreading the positive message about local government 